Amen. We have a full service today. I'm excited about all the different things that God is doing among us. And one of the things that I wanted to announce, it became official this week. Thank you, worship team. Aren't they great? Praise the Lord for our worship team. Man, God has blessed us with some wonderful worship leaders, worship the people who can sing and play gifts of their different instruments. It's a great blessing of the God of the Lord, so thank you. So this week, um, you've been hearing about YWAM Minneapolis, and God's been leading us and guiding us in meetings with elders and the leadership of YWAM Minneapolis, and this week, it became official. Praise the Lord. This week, they came in, contract was signed, and as of April 1st, no joke, as of April 1st, they are moving into our two houses on campus. And so when you walk in, you may see things are a little different here at church. I pray so. When you see international students moving about the hallway, when you hear worship and laughter coming from the classrooms here, when you see people that you haven't met, that you say, what country is this person from? Praise the Lord. God has brought our, the DTSs will be meeting in our classrooms here. When I'm in the church on a certain day of the week and it's super quiet, like nothing's happening, I go, something's wrong. That is not why God has blessed us with this building, which by the grace of God, we own outright. Hallelujah. No debt. And as kingdom people, it's not about us protecting it. We want to develop it, sure, but it's about us using it for the extension of the kingdom of God. And so we are so excited that God, by his grace, has brought us YWAM into our property. We'll figure it out a lot of things as we go, but prophetic words for us back about a year ago that said, God is going to bring some organizations to you that say, partner with us. Can we partner together? And we thought, well, praise the Lord. Wonder who that will be. Well, one of those answers is YWAM Minneapolis. So we welcome them into our building, into our campus with open arms and are excited what God will do with us as we work together to extend his kingdom. Praise the Lord. I want to give a special welcome to those who are joining us online. I've heard that, uh, you know, you talk about lovers who say this phrase, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And I would say that's true with us. Those who have been watching online, we still love you. We are looking forward to the day when God opens doors to come back and join us in person. I know many of the stories of the people who have, I haven't seen for six months. And they've been watching online out of love and care and caution and protection for someone they love who could be vulnerable and they're paying the price to not be with us physically because they're doing what they know to do, what they believe God's led them to do, to care for people who are vulnerable. And I say, God bless you. It's wonderful. It's right. And we miss you. <laughs> and we look forward to it. I love it when I see people I haven't seen for six months, like, hey! And you have to ask permission, can you give a hug, right? But we're looking forward to those days when God will... Open the doors totally so we can be back together as his family. So we welcome those who are watching and joining us online. And if you're new to us, check us out at cityhill.org. Find out a little more about what this church is about. We are on the final...
purpose of Impact 2021. This has been our Impact Weekend, a weekend when we talk about how we as a church can, one, be empowered by the Holy Spirit, but this is a weekend where we focus on how can we impact the world for Christ. What I've heard over and over from people is, I just want my life to make a difference. At the end of my life, I want to look back and say, by the grace of God, God has used me to make a difference in this world. I'm leaving the world a better place by God's grace. And so Friday night, we had a, a banquet here with individual packed food, attempting to do COVID rules as best as we can. It's challenging, but we had a banquet that was beautiful. I want to give it up for Kurt and his team. Kurt, you do. And team. The sound team, the, all the workers, the people that were like ants around here just setting up tables in beautiful light displays. It was a beautiful time to be together and to get to know some of our MPs. MPs are ministry partners. And the reason we don't call them missionaries, one is overseas, that can be a word you don't want to use. And it also is not everybody's overseas. There are people who are serving locally, people who are serving far away. And so we had our, our, our ministry partners, we had Gary and Stella Gilbertson. Hello, guys, they're in the back there. <laughs> ministry partners down in Northfield. We had Stephen and Robin Osi. There they are. And they're split up. They love each other very dearly. They just happen to be sitting apart today. And the others we're going to talk about in a moment. And then yesterday we had the beautiful chance to put our faith into action. We had different tables around here where we put together packets for bridging, which is a welcome gift to low-income families in their first homes, uh, Christmas child boxes, which you pile up over there. Praise the Lord. We had gift bags that we're giving to In Love Word Indeed. But may I say, I would love it if you would stop by after service and pick up one of those bags or two of those bags so that when you see someone on the street corner who's in need, and you kind of duck your eyes and no more. You can say, hey, I got something that might be a blessing to you and hand it some practical things that could be a blessing to someone who's in a tough time in life. It has some gospel literature in it. It's a way of saying God sees you and we care about you. So those are to put in your car, have underneath your seat, and you're ready next time you see that guy with cardboard at the side of the road, a way you can reach out in the love of God. And then we had some school supplies that we packed in this area it's for Arrive Ministry. When immigrants are coming into the country, it's a scary thing to enter a new country, new language, new culture. We want to welcome them with the love of Christ. And so that's what we did Saturday morning. In the afternoon, they had some seminars, which were very wonderful. I really enjoyed those. And then last night, we had a time of worship coming before the Lord. Our heart last night, as is our heart really every time we gather, is that we wouldn't just hear about God, hear about what God's doing, be taught about that. That's all good. But we need the power. We need an encounter with a living God. And boy, I look at my, my children. I look at the youth of our church. I look at each of us and go, church in and of itself doesn't cut it. We need the Lord. We need to encounter the living God. And I tell you, when you encounter God, when the Lord speaks to you, when you have an encounter with him, the world changes. One word from the Lord can change the direction of your life. And we want to be those who 
truly encounter a living God. So this morning we are going to close with a commitment service. And as is our tradition in the impact conferences, there's different areas in which we are we challenge you to commit your life. So you can take out the packets that are in front of you or on your seats. I'd like you to hold those in your hands so you can just get familiar with them. The first one I want to draw attention to is the, the booklet. It's a beautiful booklet that tells about the projects. And I love it that it's this big, this many options. This is what we, before the Lord, are committing to do this year. These are projects, ways in which we want our lives to reach the world. And let me say very clearly, this is not the pamphlet of how the church staff is going to minister to the world. Please. We want to be alive at the end of the year. This is the way in which we are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Here it is. We want to equip you to do This is just some of the work God's called you. Please, God wants us to do a lot of things that are way outside this and have nothing to do with the church. Hallelujah, we're the kingdom of God in action, right? I look around and I see people who are ministering things through their businesses, through their schools, and I go, wonderful. But that which is directly connected to the church are here on these pages. And there's some beautiful things, and there's my hope is that as each of you read these through, you can go, that's something I could do. You read through crops for prop and you go, I love working gardens. Could I help with that garden? And my answer is yes. And you look through and you see Hope Force down at the bottom of the first area there. That's a new ministry that we're hoping to partner with a ministry called Hope Force so that when there is a crisis in the country, which there seems to be over and over again, no lack of crises, right? that when there's a hurricane that comes in or a tornado that destroys a town, we want to have a group of people that are trained and ready to go down, help practically, and also help spiritually. So we don't simply pray for those poor people out there, but we put our faith into action. And we have opportunities for you in so many different ways. So I want you to read this through and say, Lord, how do you want me to be involved? Secondly, with that is our financial commitment this morning. In a church this active, this out-looking, there are consistently people who are saying, we have this project, how can we raise money for it? Can we do something at the church? And instead of every week a new project being put before you, every week coming, going, and this is a new project, it's a new project, we're focused it down to this weekend. Now, there may be other opportunities throughout the year, but our goal is to focus our giving to special projects this weekend. And what we're challenging you to do is to pray and ask the Lord, what part do you want me to have beyond my tithes to impact the world for Christ? And we've set uh, a goal of faith of $90,000 this year in pledges. And I like the fact that the numbers always seem too big for me to figure out. And what did we see last year? We watched God pay off a $636,000 debt at church, and I still don't really have it figured out. But we saw God show up in great ways. 
And if my trust was simply in the people, then you, you get different numbers and you treat people differently. But our trust is in the Lord. Our looking is to the Lord. God, you have creative ways to provide that we haven't ever dreamed of. I'm just going to divert for a moment and tell you a quick little story. A YWAM base in St. Croix believed that God called them to do something great, but they had no money. And they had a prophetic word that they would be like rivers of living water to the island. They didn't know what that meant. And then the oil company that ran pretty much the island, this is St. Croix, they had a problem in their plant and they poisoned all the water of the island so that people had no drinking water. But one well somehow missed being poisoned. It was the well on the YWAM property. And so Hess Oil Company came to them and said, could we pay you for all your water to give fresh water to everybody on the island? And they said, of course. And they were rivers of fresh water to the entire island, and it brought in a tremendous amount of money for the dreams that they'd set before God. And I go, who would have ever thought of that? God, I mean... You know, one well, and it was the YWAM well. And I go, you know, God has those kind of miraculous answers for us. So we look to him for provision. But I also challenge you to ask, what is my part in this? I know Janet and I took some time talking it over, praying about it, saying, what is our part? God, what are you challenging us to do as a couple so that our lives have a direct impact financially on these outreaching projects of the church? And then lastly, the third commitment today is a personal commitment. And that is, I would say, the most important. Where is God calling you to be involved? And I would just challenge each of us, don't be a spectator. You don't have to be a pastor, you don't have to be a missionary, you just got to be someone that loves Jesus and is willing to get your hands dirty for the kingdom. And something I found out because I've been involved in so many different projects over my life that when I say, I want to be a part of this, I always end up going away so blessed. I feel like I got more blessed than the people I went to. You know what that's like? You go on a trip and you come back and go, oh, God really blessed me. You, went, you go to give, but we can't outgive the Lord. And I challenge you, don't be a spectator Christian. Be one who jumps in and says, Lord, where are you calling me to step outside of my comfort zone? Where are you calling me to get involved, to be a part of extending Christ's kingdom here on earth? So that's how we're going to do that at the end of the service today, but I wanted to give you time during the service to be thinking this through, praying this through, and then we'll collect those cards at the end of our time. We have a video at this point. Okay, I don't know, but I've been told when the saints come marching in, we roll so deep that they can't believe we sold out seats to them CDs. Please don't sleep on a beat. I beat up these, still don't get it. What you keep up, please? We ain't no heroes for sale. If you bought one, better keep your receipts. I don't think they get it. I really think what they gotta do is see it to believe it. I wasn't planning on leaving them. Give me the microphone with no 
We got one. For those of you who are at home online, I'll be as loud as a cat. <laughs> or this can help a whole lot more. This is Paul and Bobby Wichterman. We are commissioning them this morning as new MPs of our church to work with a wonderful ministry, another one of those ministries that God is calling us to partner with called Steiger Ministries. And I, you know, I love YWAM, and I say, but Steiger is YWAM on steroids. And so they, they go a step further. They're out among the people that never been in churches, far from the gospel, and they're saying, we, Christ is for them as well. So let's welcome Paul and Bobby. Tell us a little bit about their ministry. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Actually, Steiger was born out of YWAM Amsterdam, so Steiger has its roots from YWAM, which is really cool. So as Ken said... Uh, we are Paul and Bobby Wichterman. We have been at this church forever, since about 1983 I started coming here. I have. We were married right here in this church almost 20 years ago. We're coming up on our 20-year wedding anniversary. Thank you, thank you. We have two sons. William is 13. Emmett is 11. And uh, Amen. Well, I have the privilege of serving here at City Hill as a worship director. That's probably how you know me. Um, my husband plays the drums often. Our son, Will, plays the drums sometimes and for youth ministry. And our son, Emmett, uh, helps out in the Sunday school. So we're a, part, a great big part of this church. Uh, Paul and I have been leading and serving in Christian ministry within the church for many, many years, uh, well before we were married. Two years ago, we got finished leading worship at a prophetic gathering here at the church. We sat down in the front row that used to be over here. <laughs> and Ben Goodman, who was ministering that night, he looked around the worship center and the Holy Spirit locked in on us. If you know Ben Goodman, oh, that's hot. If you know Ben Goodman, he's kind of a firecracker and he got this really devious smile on his face. He's like, <laughs> this is going to be good. And he walked over to us and he said, Missions, 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 missions. I went back and listened. He said it 10 times. Missions, missions. God is calling this family to the mission field because you have the ability to speak to people in a language that they can understand. God is calling this family to the mission field. Missions, missions, missions. And then he turned away and marched to the other side of the room, and Bob and I were like... So we weren't sure what to do with that word, missions. It wasn't on our radar at, radar at that time. We had been serving in the church and serving Christians in particularly through worship and youth ministries and young adult ministries for years. 
but missions, so we're wondering when and where and how. And some of those answers would come in the next couple of months when we had Ben Pierce come here as a guest speaker. And as he spoke about Stagger's mission to reach this global youth culture that is so far from God, my heart just broke and my heart began to resonate like a tuning fork as he spoke about this global youth culture. So Steiger, the mission that we're currently a part of, it's a rapidly growing worldwide mission organization that's called to reach and disciple the global youth culture for Jesus. So the global youth culture is the largest culture to ever exist. And because of technology nowadays, the global youth culture, and probably many of us, are never more connected, but we never have felt more alone. This um, culture is always seeking pleasure, but never satisfied. They're taught that those, there's no absolute truth, only preference. This global generation is overwhelmed with loneliness, anxiety, and depression, and they're not looking to the church for answers. To them, church is irrelevant. It has no place in their life. And so they are looking for a human solution to a sin problem. So our question is, how do we communicate the gospel to a group of people that have such a negative view of God? And how do we show them the love of Jesus in a language that they actually can understand? So Steiger mobilizes followers of Jesus to bridge the gap between the church and the global youth culture. And they do that by forming and establishing city teams. We've got some representatives of our Steiger city team, Woo! Twin Cities over there. Thanks, guys, for coming. They're going to help us with the kids later. A Steiger City team is a catalytic small force that helps engage secularized people, and they use four key objectives to do this. So I get to just tell you quickly four of the key objectives that our city teams have, and this is what we focus on here in the Twin Cities with Steiger. So number one, we want to equip and unify the local church to effectively reach people of their communities. So when we go and do evangelism, we don't go just as one church, a church. We go as the church. So we set aside our denominational and theological differences. We focus on the message of the cross and the person of Jesus. If you look closely in this picture, you might recognize some of your fellow city healers, as we've already had some city healers coming to minister with us um, on the U of M campus this past fall. The second thing we focus on in a city team is to raise up the next generation of leaders and influencers. So we do this by having regular times of prayer and worship. We have many training seminars and workshops. We have hands-on creative evangelism experiences like the children actually will get to experience today after this. We model, we mentor, and we provide tools to learn. The third thing we focus on is to we desire to transform the culture by being relationally present and engaging in bold creative evangelism in the secular scene. Behind me on the picture, you can see a, um, one of the things that we do, creative evangelism. We're going to do this one with the children too. If the global youth culture is not willing to come into the church, we actually need to go to them. And so that's a big thing that we as Steiger do. Uh, many in this culture don't even know that there's this option and free gift of salvation. So we get to go and share that with them. And then last but not least, we multiply our impact by fostering a culture of disciples who make disciples, who make disciples and make disciples, just like we do here, actually. That's one of the things that we desire to do as a church. 
With Steiger, it doesn't start when someone comes into the church. It starts at our first meeting with them. That's when we start discipling them. And hopefully we connect and we exchange social media and we keep that discipling going until, we, um, until they come into the body of believers and accept Jesus as their Lord. And then we introduce them to a church. So we have that culture going on too. So thousands and thousands of lives are being impacted by the gospel and we're so, so excited to be a part of that. And just to give you a quick background with our bonkers journey with Steiger, we were supposed to go to the Steiger International Center in Krugus, Germany for training back in April of 2020. But as you know, we had a COVID issue that happened. So Germany shut down its borders to foreigners. There was no international travel. You couldn't meet in large groups and on and on. So... During this COVID, there was a combination of two very short words that when put together, they change everything, but God. And as you go through the Bible, there's all of these crazy circumstances, and it turns, but God. And I encourage you to do a Bible study on it. It's incredible what happens, at, what follows, but God. And so... Through all the travel restrictions and shutdowns and unavailable times to meet, we had to change gears. We had to seek God. Okay, God, what do we do? We have a ministry that goes out in the streets and talks to people, and if there's no one in the streets, what do we do? And so God spoke very clearly that we need to submit our plans unto him. And when we did that, incredible things started happening. We saw a growth explosion in Steiger like we have never seen before during a global pandemic. And just to throw out some numbers to you guys so you can get a picture of this, we created and held online seminars and workshops where over 2,600 people participated in training on how to reach this culture. Over 24,000 people were reached in person with the gospel despite there being a global pandemic. 24,000. Now imagine if there wasn't a global pandemic. We had over 3.7 million people get engaged with with mass media, like over the internet. We have creative tools and ways to put the gospel message online that draw people in and speak truth into their lives. 3.7 million people. We established over 1,500 ongoing discipleship relationships. Those relationships that Bobby talked about, of being in an evangelism context and then getting their information and continuing that, over 1,500 this last year worldwide, despite there being a pandemic. So what has come out of submission during this pandemic has been this growth explosion that has blown our minds. And as we're establishing and in building these teams and communities across North America, this is happening during this COVID time, God is expanding our reach in North America as well as around the globe. God has had cha to change my job description and responsibilities to keep up with that. So this last year, I was the Steiger Twin Cities team leader I mean, God is exploding things in so many different directions. We had to build a team to keep up with what was going on. So all praise and glory to God for that. My role in Steiger is now shifting to be more North America region to help teams get up and running as we've had so many cities say, we want a Steiger city team. God wants to move in our city. So we're helping establish that. And I'm also taking on some roles and responsibilities internationally with Steiger. In addition to that, we still are serving on our Twin Cities team 
along with our kids too, which has been really amazing. So coming up here, we have a lot of different exciting trainings. We have an apologetics conference coming up that's online if you're interested in that. Stagger.org slash apologetics. Next weekend and the weekend after, it's gonna be amazing. So we have those coming up. We have lots of tools we'd love to share with you guys. And we have lots of evangelism opportunities coming up. So we wanna invite you, City Hill, to come and join us. Some of you have already started joining us and we wanna invite more of you to come and join us. We know that we can't do this alone. So we wanna encourage you to join us by praying for us, uh, coming to an evangelistic outreach with us, even with your kids, you can bring your kiddos too to some of these. Um, or if you're interested too, joining our financial support team. So we need you as we step out into the things that God has called us to do, and we are so excited. So thanks for listening this morning, you guys. God is on the move. We're just going to send these guys out with some prayer. Um, we're excited that we're commissioning them this Sunday, uh, this weekend, as official City Hill ministry partners. So maybe one more round of applause, and then we'll pray over them. Dear Heavenly Father, we just praise you for um, the way that you're using this couple, this family, and Steiger to reach the generation of uh, this youth culture. God, we know that your heart breaks for these uh, young people who don't even have an interest in knowing about you, who think that they are, uh, the universe revolves around them, their preferences, their opinions is it. So God, we pray that you would just continue uh, to be the fire, the spark through this couple, through Steiger. Uh, we pray for a great long partnership with City Hill and Steiger, um, we just look forward to all the, all the great things that we can look forward to hearing testimonies about uh, through this ministry. Jesus, you love each and every person who is far from your gospel, far from the truth. And Lord, you send people to share the good news. And God, thank you for raising up Paul and Bobby. Father, I pray you'd give them language and strategies and favor, Lord, that they could speak into the hearts of people who may not even know it, but are seeking you, God. So, Father, we commission them this morning. We thank you for them, and we commission them as an ascending to this group, this global youth culture, Lord. Father, use them to reach across barriers to share your gospel. In Jesus' name. God, as, as they go forward, just pray a blessing over their family. Yes, God, Jesus. over their marriage. Yes, Father. Over their children. God, let your spirit just be so, so thick in their family, in their presence. God, just as they, as they go out and as they reach out, just strengthen the bonds between them. Help them to learn to love one another, even in, in new and amazing ways. Just grow their marriage and their family as they go out and show your love. Let them be examples and beacons of your love in their person and who they are and who you made them to be. God, let that blessing go with them wherever they find themselves to be. So we bless them and we commission them today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
And kiddos, you get the chance to receive more from these guys, see what they do on the streets. So at this point, our children can be dismissed. Those who are 19 months of kindergarten, they're going to be heading down those stairs. And the rest, the teachers will be out there in the foyer to direct you on your way. The future world changers right there, heading out the door. Witness. No, I'm not talking about the cell phone camera snap and live tweeting variety. I'm talking about the in the trenches, living life with you face to face kind. The guy who doesn't care what others think, but does care where their souls are headed. The girl that won't just go with the flow, but instead does her best to follow the example of Christ. Because Jesus didn't hold himself up in a church. Nope, he got down and dirty. Yep, with the people who needed him the most. Sure, he preached to large crowds, but his focus was the lost. That's right, people who wanted nothing to do with him. He lived life with them, taught them, and in the end, sent them out to do the same. So if you think being a witness means reading your Bible, going to church, and singing some songs, think again. Because it's more than that, a lot more. Being a witness means using your time, energy, job, talents, and passions to get others on board with the one thing they need more than anything else. Jesus. It's that simple, because that's all that really matters. Amen. All right, I get the distinct pleasure to introduce uh, my cousin, who's our special guest speaker. Well, if he doesn't do a good job, then he's my cousin once removed. So, but yeah, he's my cousin. Uh, I have early memories of, his name is John Michael Sherman. I have early memories. He was an old soul as a kid. There's a, there's a picture of him sitting around the table with the grandparents, uh, sipping coffee and cookies, and he was five He's also been an avid golfer forever. So I think now that he has two wonderful little girls and one boy on the way, he's maybe experiencing a new form of, of childhood. And it's been so fun to even just have him here. And so uh, with no further ado, please give a round of applause for John Michael Sherman. Boy, what a privilege it is to be in God's house this morning. Come on. Are you awake and alive, happy to be in church? Come on. This is my first time here, and I feel like it's family already, okay? There's just, there's something special. I just, as I was sitting worshiping, there's just something special about this place. Like, I don't know what I walked into. And maybe this is your first Sunday, too, just like me. We're both new, okay? And maybe you're feeling that same thing. There's something special about this church. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's God's presence in the room. And so if this is your first time feeling what you're feeling this morning, I just want to invite you to come back next week and hear a much better preacher than me and enjoy this wonderful life-giving church. And uh, again, just thank you, uh, Pastor Kent and Janet. Like, uh, you are goals for me, you know. I want to love the Lord as much as you do uh, as I age and get older in life. And Pastor, Pastor Matt and Bethany, you've hosted me last night. Thank you so much, my cousin. And, uh, you know, like all of the good looks and, the, and like the intelligence went to, to Matt. And then the rest of the family were all like, woohoo, you know. And Matt's like MIT grad. And, you know, we just asked Matt what to invest in. And we, we're going to the moon, all right. So it's, uh, it's awesome. So this morning we're talking about the power of God for our life. Amen. So I want us to get our blood moving. Can we just stand up for the reading of God's word this morning? That might be a little traditional, but I feel like it's good to get those legs moving, get the blood moving a little bit. Okay, everyone? So I'm going to read this passage of scripture from Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. I'm sure you've read it before. And it says this, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, 
but to wait. That's interesting. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and Eden Prairie and Udina and to Minnetrista and all the ends of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. I wish I could have been there to see that, you know. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come the same way as you saw him go into heaven. That's God's word for us this morning. You can take a seat in God's house. And uh, if you're taking uh, notes this morning, and I hope you are because a long pen is better than a short memory, right? I've entitled uh, my sermon this, I Need God's Power. We Need God's Power. Has anyone had COVID yet? Anybody? Just me? No? You could be, it's not like the market, you know, it's like, it happens, people get sick, all right? Anyone have COVID right now? You need to go home if you do. <laughs> Probably should think about that. Those of you online, we love you, <laughs> by the way. Thank you for staying home. Um, I got it. I'll just be honest, I got it. And I was very careful. I was overly careful. I'm, I have been so good. I thought, I'm going to be the person who doesn't get it. And, and I'm masking and, I, you know, a lot of Zoom calls for business. I was very careful, except for I have one coworker that I work with in my office, and he was asymptomatic, and he got it. So then the next day he calls me, and he said he's sick. And I'm like, no, you know, the one way I could get this, I got it. And so I got, I got COVID. And, and to be honest with you, I was very afraid of it. Maybe some of you have dealt with that same fear of, of getting sick and what might happen, you know, my medical history, I have a few pre-existing conditions that make me a little bit more vulnerable to getting sick. And so I was definitely, you know, very scared and, and upset when I got it. And, and so I immediately started taking all the vitamins that they say do nothing, but I did it anyway, you know, and started drinking water and do you know, all the stuff you do because you're just like, I don't like being sick and I've got the bad one. So let's see what happens here, you know, go to my basement, do the whole thing so my family doesn't get sick. And anyway, uh, my hospital treated me like a porcelain vase because they know, you know, my pre-existing condition. So, like, I get uh, sick. Then the next day they call me and say, hey, we've got this, you know, antibody flush. You can come on in and, and get this, you know. And I'm like, I've never said no to that anything like this before. So I'll say yes, right, let's do it. So I go in. And, uh, I, and by the way, all of you in healthcare, we just want to say thank you so much for serving us. Come on, we can do better than that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're heroes. You're heroes for us, especially when we're scared and we don't know what's going on. And, and so I got that antibody flush, and she said, you know, do you feel better already? And I'm like, am I supposed to feel better already? Is this how this works? She said, some people do. And I'll tell you what, that was like, I know I had to sign my life away, you know, can't sue anyone if I do this, whatever, but that was like a miracle drug for me. It was just incredible. I was symptom-free in like two days, and I think it was like the same one that, that uh, Donald Trump had, and you remember when he was talking it all up? 
well, I was like symptom-free in like two days. So then I was going around the house being like, babe, it's a miracle. It's amazing. It's a miracle drug. It's phenomenal. I feel great. I feel amazing. <laughs> She's just rolling her eyes at me. It's incredible. Wow. And so like, I, I, you know, thank you, Jesus. I defeated COVID. It's like, we're all good. We're feeling good. We get that big snowstorm, and I'm like, I'm ready. I get, I get my snowblower out. And I, I, I snowblow the driveway. I'm still a little tired, but, you know, I'm just going to go do that. Well, then later that week, even though I felt symptom-free for a few days, things started to turn in my body, and I started to not feel so good. And I uh, got really sick one night, and really, really bad symptoms, really bad sore throat, and, and honestly started to have a hard time to breathe. And uh, started to have to think about the breaths that I was taking. And so it scared me enough that I decided to go into the ER and late at night and went into the ER and they did some tests on me and they said, well, you're getting enough oxygen when you breathe, um, but we think it's still COVID. We think it actually didn't go away. We think it, it could be still go COVID. Um, so watch yourself. And if, if it gets worse, we want you to come back in, but we're going to give you some drugs and, you know, head home. So definitely not what I wanted to hear. I thought I was terrific, wonderful, great, and I was not. I was not doing so good, um, and things turned for me. So I go to bed that night thinking about each breath, and if you've ever had to do that before, you know the anxiety that that feels when you're thinking about each breath. I felt I pretty much passed out thinking about breathing. Then that next morning, I woke up, and I had not gotten any better. I, I sw took a swallow, uh, of my spit, and I started choking on it, and uh, I was scared, and uh, I looked at my wife, and I said, I'm going to go back in, uh, just pray, uh, get in the car, I'm thinking about my breath, I get into the ER again, and uh, I have a new ER doctor, and they still like don't know what's going on. There's a lot of things you think about in those moments when you don't know if you're going to walk out of the hospital. I'd love to say I thought of you guys, <laughs> or my, my thought of you, Matt. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. I was thinking about my wife. I was thinking about my girls. I was thinking about my baby boy, who I really want to meet. And... Uh, in that moment, here I'm a pastor, you know, man of faith and power for the hour, doing all these different things, and I'm forgetting about the power of God. And I just put my hand on my heart and said, the Holy Spirit, do something, because I don't know, what's, I don't know what to do. Uh, I just need you. I need your power. And sure enough, I got a new doctor, and they did a CT scan, and they found this huge growth in my throat that COVID had caused or whatever, and he said, you're going to be fine. We're going to give you steroids. We're going to give you these antibiotics, and you're going to breathe, and everything's going to be good. And everything shifted in that moment. And why is it, you know, I, I, and I'm, I'm walking out to my car, and I'm seeing my car, and my tears are coming down my face because I didn't know if I'd see my car again. I didn't know if I'd, if I'd walk out of this place. My car's terrible, but it's, it was good to see some of you are like, I got a nice car. I don't have a nice car at all. <laughs> but why is it we depend on ourselves so much and we forget about the power of God? We forget about his healing touch. We forget about how he can change things in a moment. 
He has all power, and he's our father that we can trust. And in that moment, I cried out, and God heard my prayer, and he did something. But for some reason, I feel like I depend on myself so much. Why wasn't that the first thing that I did when I got my bad diagnosis, right? It seemed to be the 75th thing that I did when I got the bad diagnosis, right before I thought I was, you know, at the gates of heaven, right? Instead, I should have been praying to him and seeking him right away. But for some reason, I don't think we recognize our need for God's power. We have just so many things that make us forget that we need him. Sometimes, you know, like, oh man, I know the scripture so well. You know, I don't need the Holy Spirit or the power of God because I just, I just, I know, I know, I, I'm theologically strong. I've got every point down, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Some of us might say, man, I don't know if God does miracles anymore. I don't know if God would do something special in my life. And we think that he doesn't care about us or he wouldn't do something special or do a miracle in our lives. And yet he loves us deeply and he loves to show off his power to us. Others of us think that we don't need God's power. We can just be the answer to the prayer. We can just do it. We can take care of it. God doesn't need us. We can do it. And yet we need God so deeply and so desperately. He's the only one that can do what he does. And some of us, we, we don't believe in God's power because maybe you're in the room and you don't even believe that God is real, that God exists. And my prayer for you this morning is that you would experience the love and the power of God in such a way that you would know in your heart that he's real and his power is for you. And I don't know why it is, but when I reach my end, when I've done everything that I can do, I know I need God's power in my life. So here we have Jesus. He spent all of this time with his disciples, right? So much time. He dies on the cross. He resurrects from the grave, and he appears to them for like 40 days, and he's talking to them, okay? This is like incredible. This is amazing, like faith through the roof. God, you can do anything. You've defeated death, right? This is all happening in this moment in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And, uh, and so he gives them instructions. And this is like his last thing he tells them before he goes. And so, like, we need to pay attention to this. And, 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 and they were paying attention to this because, like, this is the last conversation they're having before he ascends into heaven. And so he says, look, I know you've seen all this. I know you've witnessed all this. But you need to wait. You need to wait, it says, to receive the promise of the Father. How interesting. And that's my first big idea I want to communicate today is this, that God releases his power in his timing. Don't get ahead of God. They could have just went off and started doing everything that God had called them to do, go make disciples, go do these things. But he said, no, 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 I need you to wait because the power of the Holy, you have to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit if you want to do this. If you really want to step out in faith and make disciples, you need me. You need the power of God. And yet so many times we step out ahead of God, don't we? How many times have we done that? I mean, you talk about Abram and Sarah, right? That God made a promise to them. Said you were, you're going to have a nation through you. And they couldn't get pregnant. They couldn't get pregnant. And so then Abram, you know, is with, you know, Hagar. Blah, blah, blah. It goes on, you know. And they get ahead and they and have an Ishmael, okay? A problem, Right? Because they went out ahead of God's promise. How many times have we done that where God said he was going to provide something for you? Or God going to put a promise in your heart for something? And we go out ahead and we grab the credit card because we can't wait, right? We can't wait. But yet God is telling us and teaching us, if you want to experience the power of God, wait. Wait on God. 
How many old saints are in the room? Come on, you're older. You know, throw up that old hand. You can put it up in there. You've been following God a long time. But I don't know what it is, but the older saints know how to wait on the Lord, all right? I don't know how to wait on the Lord very well, okay? Like, I can't wait for anything. I can't wait for my flights. I can't wait for my rental car. I can't wait for, I, I have to go, 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 immediate, immediate, immediate. But the older saints of the Lord, they know how to pray. They know how to sit and pray and talk to God. Man, those of us that are younger, I'm just speaking to us in the room. We got to learn how to wait on God. We need to learn how to say, hey, look, I don't know what's going on. He set a promise out there. I'm not there yet, but in the meantime and in the middle, I'm going to wait on God. I'm not going to get out ahead of him. I'm going to wait on him and, and, and then see the miracles that happen in your life when you choose to wait on the Lord. And I just want to say what a special thing it is to be in a church that has saints of every age in the room. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing because we need to learn and wait on the Lord. When um, I was in college, we would pray quite a bit early in the morning when I went to North Dakota State University. And we would pray early in the morning. We would just wait on God for about an hour every morning, a group of us. And we would pray for our college. We'd pray for our people in our class. And we'd pray for our college ministry to grow. And we just began to see God do miracles as we began to wait on God. And our little college ministry of 80 people grew to 150 people and grew to 200 people. And pretty soon we had about six or 700 people coming to our little campus ministry because we just began to wait on the Lord. There wasn't a Thursday night where 10 people wouldn't raise their hand and give their life to Christ because we just kept waiting on the Lord and kept seeking God, just praying. And I'm just telling you, there's just something special and miraculous that happens when we choose to wait on the Lord and receive his power. Amen? Here's what it says in Psalms 27, 13 through 14. It's good for us. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God's given you a promise. It's the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What is that promise that he's given you and your family? Put your faith in the promises of God and wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. You need courage in the waiting. It's hard to wait. It's so hard to wait for my food when I go to Raising Cane's and I'm in that line and I want that chicken. Take courage, the chicken's coming. Take courage, the goodness of the Lord is on the way. Wait, and the power of the Holy Spirit will be released in your life. Don't get lost in the waiting. Embrace the wait. And so he continues, and he says that this is the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, the power of God. It's a promise of the Father for you. That's my second idea, is God's power is a promise for you. And God's power is a promise for your kids, number two. All throughout the scriptures, you see the power of the Holy Spirit being released. In Numbers 11, you see the power of the Holy Spirit released on Moses, and people are prophesying, and people are experiencing jealousy, and Moses says, oh, I wish everyone could experience this. Then in Joel chapter 2, he prophesies that it will happen on old men and, and young kids, right, that the power of the Holy Spirit would be poured out. And then Jesus says, wait for it, in Acts 1.8. And then it happens, we see the fulfillment of that in Acts chapter 2. We see that the power of the Holy Spirit is poured out on the Jewish disciples and people are saved. Then we see it again in Acts 8, in Acts 10, in Acts 19. We see Gentiles experiencing the power and the pouring of the Holy Spirit. 
But I think sometimes we think that was it. Okay, we read the book, it's over. It's not over and it was never over. He kept pouring out his Holy Spirit. If you look in church history, the early church fathers experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. The monastic movement, you can read about how they experienced crazy miracles and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Wesleys and the Lutherans and the Revivalists and Azusa Street. And here in Minneapolis, the charismatic renewal that so many great churches and works came out of. He just keeps pouring out his Holy Spirit. That promise hasn't changed for you and for your family. He wants to pour out his Holy Spirit on you and our kids. It happened for me and my family here in this city. My family was not a Christian family. And my aunt used to sing in bars downtown Minneapolis. And someone invited, she was a great singer, um, almost as good as Matt, really, but Matt's the best. So um, <laughs> she was singing in bars, and some crazy person said, you have to come to this church, this Jesus people thing. you got to come to this church downtown. So she comes in, and she gives her life to Jesus, and she grabs her husband, and she said, you got to come with me to this church. And so he comes to this church, and, and he gives his life to Jesus. And sure enough, a few weeks later, they call my dad. And they said, hey, look, you got to get right with God, you know, or this is not going to go well. <laughs> my dad said, I know I need this. And so my dad found his way into a little spirit-filled church in Fargo. And right there in that church, he gave his life to Jesus. But that wasn't the end of the story. Because my dad kept bringing me to church, my sister to church. And I found my way at a little Bible camp in the middle of nowhere, North Dakota. And I gave my life to Jesus. And at that same camp... They were praying for people to receive the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I said, I don't know what in the world they're talking about, but I want that. And I remember going forward and feeling the love of God like I had never felt before. It was the baptism, the power of the Holy Spirit. And it changed me. And all of a sudden, I wanted to read the Bible. And all of a sudden, I, I loved people more than I normally did before. And it's the promise of the Father. And I talked to my dad on the car ride home from that camp. I'll never forget it. I said, Dad... Like, I love Jesus, and I speak in tongues now. What's going on? <laughs> and my dad said, that's awesome. We've been praying for that for you. We've been praying that, that the same thing we experienced, that you'd experience it too. Man, now I'm, a, now I'm a parent. Now I'm a dad. And I want that same promise that God fulfilled in my life, my, my dad's life. I want them to experience God's power too. And it's available for us today. Amen? I'm so thankful that someone invited my aunt to church. And the ripple effect has gone out so far. Thank you, Jesus. And so, he says, I've got this promise for you. And the disciples, of course, because they're so with it. And wow, you know, they, they're, they're so much better than we are, right? They all of a sudden bring up politics, okay? And they're like, hey, are you going to restore, like, the kingdom to Israel now? Are we going to, like, like, now that you're the resurrected Christ and you can, like, appear places? This is pretty cool. Like, are we just going to, like, take out the Romans now? You know, come on. Yeah, politics, whatever. And Jesus is like, oh, oh okay. Not the appointed time or season that my father's put in authority, right? And so that's my third big idea is here we go, all right? Don't get mad at me. Number three, God's power is greater than political power, okay? It's better than political power. We are citizens of heaven, and the thing that we are a part of is so much bigger than the time and the season that we're in right now. And I just have to say this. 
that this has been a tough year where everything is political and everything's divisive and it's just, it's hurt businesses, it's hurt families, but then people have been sick. We just get it. Like, just, it's been a tough, tough year. But I feel like the Lord Jesus would have us say, take your eyes off of this and put your eyes back on me and remind yourself about the kingdom that you're a part of. Because we have brothers and sisters in Christ in every nation on this globe that are trying to reach their neighbor for Jesus. And there's an eternal purpose that's so much bigger than the political thing of the moment. Mr. Potato Head, all that stuff. Let's just talk about Jesus, okay? Let's just talk about the goodness of God. Let's just talk about how he can change people's life, how he changed my life. Your calling is so much bigger than the fray that's going out in the world right now. And I think it's important for us, don't look to politicians, don't look to politics, don't look to governments to fulfill the deep eternal longings that only God can provide. Amen? Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in donkeys and some trust in elephants, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's who we trust in. That's who we put our faith in. God can give me so much more than any politician can promise, all right? God's promises are yes and amen today. Come on. Otherwise... That's right. Give it up for the Lord. Come on. Don't get caught in that struggle. And uh, I was at a pastor's conference uh, in Houston this week. I'll just say this story. But there's about a thousand of us pastors. And we're all talking. And uh, (laughs) we're just like, did you make it? (laughs) Did you survive? Because everyone's been so mean, you know? Everyone's just been so mean. Pastor, you don't do this good enough. Pastor, you don't do that good enough. You need to wear a mask more. You need to wear a mask less. You know, and all this stuff. Everyone's just been so mean to each other. And I just think, let's just remind ourselves who we really work for. We work for the Lord, and uh, our pastors are working for the Lord, and we should honor and support them for leading us. Thank you for leading us through this. We are so thankful. We are so thankful. So I just had to say it. I just had to say it. It's great. So anyway, number four, and I'll close soon because we're hungry because I brought up Raising Cane's. Number four is he says this. Again, if you go back to that passage, he, he, he says that, uh, that you will be my, that when you'll, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And so, this may be my shortest point of the morning, but God's power is for you, number four. God's power is for you. It's not for super spiritual Sandy on the row next to you, all right? It's for you. We look around the room and think, well, yeah, God's power is for him because he's special or unique. Or God's power is for her because she's special or unique. And, man, I don't think that person over there at, at that part, I don't think they've ever sinned, you know. So pretty sure God's power is for them. But not for me, right? Not for me. But God's power is for you. It's for you. It's for your family. It's for your kids. God can use you. God can pour out his Holy Spirit upon you. Why is it that we think that God doesn't want to do it for us? I was in a meeting just like this years ago. My best friend came with me. We're talking about, the the pastor was talking about this power of the Holy Spirit that God can move in your life. And he sat there and he thought, that's not for me. That's for everybody else. That's not for me. We talked about it. And he invited people up to to, to pray and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And he just wouldn't do it because he said, yeah, it's not for me. That's for other people. That's for other people. Right? The spiritual ones. The ones that God really loves, you know, the special ones. And uh, I said, you know what? It's for you. It's for you. And sure enough, he went to bed that night saying, God, 
I don't know if this is for me, but God, I just want whatever you have for me. And he fell asleep in his bed. And about two in the morning, he wakes up and he starts speaking in tongues and prophesying. And the Holy Spirit was on him in his bedroom. And he was just like, and he calls me the next morning. He's like, John, I woke up at two in the morning and the Holy Spirit touched me. And I'm like prophesying and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, I said, that's because it's for you. He loves you. He wants to pour out his Holy Spirit upon you to empower you. It's for you. And that's it. Number five. <laughs> he says, it's for you to be my witnesses. My witnesses. So God's power helps us tell others about Jesus. Why is it so hard for us to tell others about Jesus? I don't know. But the Holy Spirit helps us do it. And I'll tell you what, like, when God has so forgiven you and so loved you, there's just no better message in the world that I've been reconciled to my Heavenly Father who loves me. And you look at the weight of your sin and how He's forgiven you. Man, thank you, Jesus, for that message. But something happens when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And let's just be super honest about this year, 2020, okay? We have just not liked each other this year at all, have we? We just look at our neighbor and we think, hmm, don't like you, okay? You know, we look at people in the drive-thru, don't like you. Yeah, you know, like we look at people online, really don't like you. And for some reason, I feel like our worlds are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And we get more insular because that person wasn't wearing a mask and, 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 and I don't like them. And no, that person wears masks, so I don't like them. And our world gets smaller. Oh, do you see here, here they voted for? Don't like them. You know, we, our world gets smaller and smaller. And there's something supernatural that happens when the Holy Spirit of God touches your heart. You start to love people. You start to love your neighbor. And I can tell you what, that is supernatural. Because I, in my own strength, cannot put the love that God has for people. Man, when, when the Holy Spirit of God moves in his service and when the Holy Spirit touches your life, you look at people differently. Because they're not your enemy anymore. There's someone who's eternal who needs to know their Heavenly Father loves them. And when that Holy Spirit of God moves in you, when the Holy Spirit's moving into church, there's just salvation happening. People are coming to faith when the Holy Spirit of God is moving into church. Because all of a sudden, our eyes get off of ourselves and our eyes get on our neighbor. Whoever they are, whoever they may hurt you or whatever tribe that all of these different corporations are trying to put us inside of, okay, like, who cares? They need Jesus. And so the love of God, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, compels us because we don't look at people the same way anymore and we're given the message of reconciliation it says a message of forgiveness of good news for us today and so i want to encourage us this morning to ask the holy spirit to change you from the inside out and here's the problem that i i face truly is that i i feel like this year I have been so selfish that this year I have been so, you know, I've a, I own a couple businesses and, and one business was doing fine, another business wasn't doing so fine. And I just felt like I had to pull myself up by my bootstraps. It was all on me, you know, all on me this year. You know, my, my, it, it comes to my family, it's all on me, providing, it's all on me. My business, it's all on me. I get COVID, it's all on me, right? I got to like, you know, do all this stuff and I, I taking way wrong responsibility for things and yet here's God my father in heaven who loves me just waiting 
for me to turn from myself and just turn to him. And just, just know that he's got it. That he loves me. The Bible says this, that while we were yet sinners, hurting each other and hurting ourselves, he saw us. And he said, I choose you and I'm going to lay my life down for you. While we didn't choose him, he chose us, the Bible says. And so the good news is this, that if today you're not right with God, you could be made with, right with God this morning. And you can be forgiven of your sins. You can be made brand new. You can be called a child of God today. And I want to encourage you, if you aren't sure if you're going to heaven, if you were to die in that Raising Cane's drive through later this afternoon, some guy clips you. Maybe you get COVID. You can have assurance in your heart that Jesus is yours and you're forgiven today. And I want to encourage you to do that. Here's uh, just a few next steps for us. The first is this. I just want, you know, for those of you that I just brought that up, I just want to ask Jesus to forgive you today. Number one, ask Jesus to forgive you today. If you need Jesus to forgive you, ask him to forgive you. And he will forgive you and he'll make you new. He'll make you a brand new creation. Secondly, ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. If you've never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, ask, ask Jesus to baptize the Holy Spirit and wait on God. Maybe you want to come to church and just sit here and just ask God to touch you with the power of his Holy Spirit. Maybe you want to do it at home. Maybe you want to do it in your car ride home. Maybe you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit before, but you just need a fresh touch from heaven because 2020, you know? You're just like, God, I need to feel and experience the power of the Holy Spirit afresh in my life so that I can reach my family and neighborhood. And third and finally, just simply trust and obey. Trust and obey. Come on, old saints. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but trust and obey. There's just no better way to do it. Am I right? There's no better way to do it. As the Holy Spirit leads you to your neighbor, love them. As the Holy Spirit leads you to your coworker, love them in Jesus' name. I was a college pastor at the University of Minnesota for years. I, it's one of my favorite jobs. And uh, I'd love to tell, the, tell you this story of, of one of our small group leaders. And uh, she was a gal from a pretty broken background. She came into our college ministry and she gave her life to Jesus. And we uh, went on this fall retreat where we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. And God touched her life and baptized in the Holy Spirit. She experienced the power of God for the first time. And things began to change in her heart towards other people. And, and on her floor uh, at the U of M, she, she uh, note, kept note, for some reason, the Holy Spirit kept note, having her notice this gal down the hall. And she didn't know why, she, but she's like, I just need to invite her to my small group. So she, she just like three times she invited her, come, come, come to my small group. And finally she said, yeah, I'll come. So she, she went to the small group Bible study on that floor. Um, and that young lady experienced love and the community of God like she'd never before. And she said, I've got to go to your, your Thursday night meeting on campus. So they, so they went. Um, and uh, I never forget her. She's sitting in the room. And we're praying for salvation. And she raises her hand and she gives her life to Jesus. And... Uh, just as happy right next to her as her friend Emily, who's so glad that she invited her to come with to church. And we came to find out that that young lady had had a horrible abortion two weeks previous. And she had planned to kill herself. And sure enough, the Holy Spirit, that God knew, had brought Emily right to her dorm. And she got saved and brand new, and her life was totally turned around. And I wonder... I wonder, who is it sitting here today who will be sitting here in a year from now, two months from now, a week from now, that the Holy Spirit of God is just going to touch you and say, go talk to him.
go invite him. Go do something. I wonder what could happen as a church. We just humble ourselves before God. We just say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, I need your power because I keep trying to do it on my own and it just isn't working. I need you, Holy Spirit. Let's pray. With uh, every head bowed and eyes closed, I just got a couple questions for us, church. And uh, the first question is this. You know, you say, hey, Pastor John, uh, when you're talking about being right with God and experiencing forgiveness in Jesus, I I haven't experienced that yet. And I'm kind of new to this faith thing, but I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to follow him. And uh, I want to know that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven uh, with him. If that's you this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just slip up a hand so I know who I'm praying for? Who is that today? You'd say, yep, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to know that I'm forgiven. Come on, there's a few hands going up in the room. All right. Second question I have this morning is this is, hey, Pastor John, I just need more of the Holy Spirit. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And uh, you just want the Holy Spirit to move in a fresh way for your neighbor, for your neighborhood, for your family. If that's you today, would you lift up a hand and say, that's me. I want the Holy Spirit moving in my life. My hand is up. I've got two hands up this morning. I need more of the Holy Spirit. So church, why don't we stand to our feet and I just want to pray a prayer for us. And uh, for those of you that you're making that decision to give your life to Jesus, we're so honored that you would do that. And the team's going to give you next steps on how to do that. But I want to pray a prayer of salvation for you. And then I want to pray for the church that just a, that the promise of the Father would just continue to be fulfilled in the life of this church and in your family and in your life because it's for you. So God, I pray right now for every person that just want to make, give their life to Jesus. I'm going to pray out loud and you just have to pray in your heart something like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for me. I know that I'm forgiven. I know that I'm loved and accepted by you. Help me, Jesus, to live every day for you. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give it up for everyone who gave their life to Christ this morning. Come on. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Come on, come on. We're so glad you did that. And would you tell someone today that you made that decision? Maybe someone you, you, you walked in with today. Would you let them know that you made that decision? And I would pray one more prayer, then I'll hand it off. I've been long-winded. I apologize, but I'm just so happy. You're, you're such a great church. I'm just, like, so honored to be here. Uh, you know, I can just feel the love of God in this room. And uh, I just know there are so many people that we haven't met yet that are on their way into this room. And that the God of heaven would just pour out his Holy Spirit on you and your family. It's for you. So, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us. Baptize us afresh in the Holy Spirit. It's for, it's for us, God. We need it. We need you, God. We keep trying to rely on this and that and the other thing, but we just need you. We thought the politicians could give it to us. We thought the bank account could give it to us. We thought all these different things, but it was always you. It was always you. Pour out your Holy Spirit on our lives. Baptize our kids in the Holy Spirit, God. God, we pray we need you desperately. It's always been you the whole time. I thought it was my career, but it was you. I needed you. Come on. 
Ask him, and he will pour out his Holy Spirit. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Let the love of God just so impact us, God, that we see our neighbor again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Baptize us afresh in your Holy Spirit. Let the power of God move in us in such a special way. God, we pray that it wouldn't just happen here, but it happened in our home, and it happened in our car, and it happened in our place of work, that we would see the power and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Wait on him, church. Wait on him, church, and he will pour out his Holy Spirit on you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Give a clap. Thank you. John Michael, thank you. You may be seated. I know we're going a little long today, but it's conference time, and these are important times. What I love so much in seeing in the life of John Michael is his passion for the lost. May God, as he pours out his spirit on us more and more, may that passion for those who do not yet know Christ just rise up in us. And really, that's what the Impact Conference has been about. It's about God use our lives to impact those around us. And I want to just give you a moment to circle back to these two commitment cards because there's different ways that we commit our lives to the Lord and as we end we have these two baskets up here I just encourage you to come by and drop off your card but the question that you're asking the Lord is what would you have me give financially to see the world reached impacted by the love of Christ and also what would my role personally be in that just take those cards before you and I'm going to Lead us in prayer here. Father, you came to give us your Holy Spirit because you want to change us. You want to transform us. You want to fill us and cleanse us and heal us, God. But God, there's always that second part. Then you want to use us. And God, thank you that when you're using us, the blessing is flowing. And our lives are changed. You don't wait till we're all perfected before you use us. But God, you use us just as we are. And God, we want this family, this family called City Hill Family. God, we want to be those that are used by your kingdom to reach those that so desperately need more of you or need to encounter a living God. So, Father, we ask you that, God, you would give us all the funds we need to provide to do the projects you've called us to do. And, Father, raise up those among us who would say, here am I, send me. Maybe in a one-day event, maybe in a short-term trip, maybe in a lifetime commitment in whatever you've called us to. But, God, you raise us up and you send us out. So, God, be with us today. Father, I pray that you would provide the people, and the funds, because our eyes are on you, God. Our eyes are not upon our abilities and our resources, but our eyes are upon you. God, do your work. I pray so much, God, that when you look down upon us as a church, that you'd be pleased, that you'd smile, 
You look down and go, I like those guys. Those are people who are set to obey me and to serve me. May that be true of each one of us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I encourage you as we close, fill out those forms, please. And then as you end, come on up, drop them in these buckets. And if you're new to us today, I'll be at the Welcome Center just to the left by the doors out there. I'd love to meet you. And if God's speaking to your heart about something in particular, or you need prayer in your life, right through those doors there is our prayer room. Steve and some others will be there to pray, seek the Lord with you. God bless you, church. Let's go and serve the Lord. Amen? God bless. Have a great day.